This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Romans chapter 5 and we'll finish it in another podcast or two. But Paul has been hammering to the Jews in this letter to the church at Rome the idea that simply being a Jew is not enough to be accepted by God and to have a relationship with Him. There, there has to be a change of heart, as he says earlier in the, in the letter. And that following the law, it, it's not going to cut it. Yes, you are Jews. Yes, God, gave, you know, you are God's chosen people. Yes, God gave you the law, but it's not enough. Being circumcised, having that flesh moved off the most painful part of your body, of your male genitals, it's not enough. Yes, God made that covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12, but it's not enough. You have to have the faith that Abraham had that caused him to be obedient to the promises of God. Just being a Jew will not save you. And that's what Paul is trying to convey to them. The only way that they can be saved, the only way that we can be saved, is through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He then says that this faith is available for the circumcised and the uncircumcised, meaning the Gentiles. And this is very troubling for the Jews back in in those days. But Paul is saying everybody whether Jew or Gentile, they now have the opportunity to have a relationship with God under this new covenant that God has established through His Son, Jesus. And in the very first verse of uh, of chapter 5, Paul transitions all of these thoughts that he's given in chapters 1 through chapter 4 with a powerful statement. And here's what he says in verse 1. He says, Therefore, Anytime you have a therefore, you need to know why it's there for. Therefore, all those thoughts from uh, chapters 1 through 4 that we've talked about in these podcasts. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, and that's, that's it. He's been trying, all this time he's been saying, being a Jew is not enough. Following the law is not enough. Being circumcised is not enough. You have to have the faith of Abraham. And he says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And so it's kind of like this crescendo in music that has been building and building, and then it hits the peak with this marvelous thought in verse 1 that I just read to you. Therefore, therefore, Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. In chapter 1, he talked about sin and how God has let people, he just turned them over to a reprobate mind. He let them go do whatever they wanted to do because they they rejected God. And then in chapter 2, Paul talked about how the, the Jews, they can't judge these people who are out there doing their own thing because they're just as guilty of being sinful as well. And so then he's going to talk directly to the Jews and he tells them just because they're circumcised, just because they're God's chosen race, that it's not enough, that following the law is not going to save them, that they got to have a change of heart just like we all do. 
We all have to have a change of heart. And if there is a change of heart, their actions would also their actions would also change. And the, and the only way Paul says that our hearts can be changed is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only one that who can bring about this change is Jesus. Jesus Christ has been washed in his blood and that they and we must put our faith and our trust in Jesus. That's why he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not by works, not the law, not circumcision, not our heritage, only by faith in Jesus, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And if you think about it, this statement should make you just take a deep breath and just let it out and breathe easy. It should bring calmness to our souls because what Paul is saying here is, is that, hey, salvation does not rely on you. God has already taken care of it through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus did it all. He died on the cross as a penalty for your sin and my sin. And He rose on the third day by defeating death. That's why... Uh, we sing the song, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. He gave his life. He gave his life as a sacrifice. And because of the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross, our sins are washed away. And because he came out of that tomb victorious on the third day, we have the hope of being with him in heaven for eternity. His blood, his sacrifice, it completely washes away our sin. It is Jesus' death, not anything that we could do, not, not all the stuff that we can do and, and pile it up and put it in an account, like a, like a savings account. It doesn't matter what we do and how much we do. It cannot bring the satisfaction to God. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. Only the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins satisfies the wrath of God. And now through Jesus and what Jesus has done on the cross, we are reconciled, Paul says. We are made friends again with God through Jesus and only through Jesus. And that's what Paul is trying to emphasize in the book of Romans, that uh, we can have a relationship with God. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6 to, to his disciples, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come into the Father but through me. And so if we want to have a relationship with God and we want to have our sins forgiven and we want to go to heaven for eternity, then we got to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit of God and walking with Him on a daily basis to the best of our abilities. That's the only way. And Paul's going to make this even more clear as we go through this chapter. But before moving on, I want to read that verse one more time and just let you ponder on it for a few minutes. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Then he says in verse 2, and this just as awesome as verse 1, actually. He says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this holy place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now, if this doesn't make your hair stand on end and want to make you shout with everything that you got, then something's wrong with you. Because this is amazing. Because of our faith, 
in Christ. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege. We, don't, we didn't do anything to deserve it. This is a privilege given by God himself through Christ. And Paul says, where we now stand, we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We're going to share in God's glory all because of what Jesus has done for us. Not because of our works, nothing that we have done, but it's all because of what Jesus has done and we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus. Paul says, and I, I want to talk about these things and I want to talk about them backwards. Because Paul says we're going to share because of what Jesus has done and our faith in Jesus. We're going to share in God's glory. We are going to be, think about this, we're going to be in the very presence of God for eternity. We're going to share the blessings of heaven for eternity. Now, I want to read something that I got from gotquestions.org that talks about this. The Apostle John was privileged to see, and he's talking about Revelation, the book of Revelation. The Apostle John was privileged to see and report on the heavenly city, Revelation 21, 10 through 27. John witnessed that heaven, uh, the new earth, possessed the glory of God, Revelation 21, 11, the very presence of God. Because heaven has no night and the Lord himself is the light, the sun and the moon are no longer needed, Revelation 22, 5. The city is filled with the brilliance of costly stones and crystal clear jasper. Heaven has 12 gates, Revelation 21, 12, and 12 foundations, Revelation 21, 14. The paradise of the Garden of Eden is restored. The river of the water of life flows freely, and the tree of life is available once again, yielding fruit monthly with leaves that heal the nations, Revelation 22, 1 and 2. However eloquent John was in his description of heaven, the reality of heaven is beyond the ability of the finite man to describe. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Heaven is a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. Revelation 21.4 There will be no more separation because death will be conquered. Revelation 26. Uh, Revelation 20 verse 6 The best thing about heaven is the presence of our Lord and Savior. 1 John 3 verse 2 we will be face to face with the Lamb of God who loved us and sacrificed himself so that we can enjoy his presence in heaven for eternity. That's so awesome how they wrote that. We're going to share in God's glory. And Paul says that we should be confident in the fact that we're going to be sharing in God's glory. And this also, this also should bring joy to our lives. Too many times. We see people who follow Jesus walking around as if they're defeated. We shouldn't be that way. Why? Because what awaits us when we take our last breath on this earth and we take our first breath into eternity. We're going to be in the presence of God. And we got to keep that in mind that, hey, this life is hard. This world is sinful. It's full of evil. Just turn, turn on the news or, or look at Twitter or whatever, wherever you get your news. It's terrible. And the enemy tries everything that he can do to keep our focus on the bad stuff and, and to keep us worrying about what's going on around us. And so it depresses us. And what he's trying to do is get us to isolate, to just go like a turtle goes into its shell, into hiding. But Paul says that, hey, we should be looking. Yeah, this Jesus said all this is coming. So we should be expecting it to begin with. And Paul says that we should be looking forward to heaven and sharing in the 
in, in the glory of God. And this should make us confident and joyful because of the hope that we have. Why? Why, looking forward, why does it keep us going? Why, why, why does it bring hope to know that one day we're going to be in the presence of God? It's called endurance. We have I mean, the, the the book of Revelation was written to a persecuted church, people who were literally dying for their faith, and and they they were looking for hope to make sure that hey, I'm dying for something worthwhile here. And Jesus says in Revelation two ten, "Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown." of life. In other words, when you die, you've got a crown of life waiting for you with me in heaven. And Paul says that we should be looking forward to heaven and sharing in God's glory. This should bring confidence and hope to our li- or joy to our lives because of this hope that we have of being with Jesus someday because it keeps us going. It helps us to endure. It keeps us moving forward. It strengthens our faith, and we can share this hope with others. This is this is why he used the example of Abraham in chapters 1 through 4. He said Abraham's faith kept him going. And for 25 years, the, he gave, God gave him the promises in Genesis 12, but Isaac didn't come along until 25 years later. But Abraham's faith never wavered, Paul said. In fact, he says it strengthened. And that's why... That we, we have to look at life and we have to look ahead beyond this life. And knowing that when we take our last breath on this earth, no matter when that comes, we're going to take our first breath in heaven. We're going to be with our Savior, Jesus Christ, if we continue in the faith and not let go of this hope that we have. And Paul says all of this, all of this, sharing in the glory of God, being confident and enjoy all of this is an undeserved privilege. We didn't do anything to deserve heaven. We didn't deserve anything to be in God's presence because we're sinners. We're rebellious. That's the whole point of Hebrews. I'm sorry, Romans chapter one and chapter two. That we're just a bunch of sinners. We're we're prideful and we're selfish. We want to do what we want to do. And the only reason that we're getting to enjoy being partakers in God's glory is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's called grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Mercy is God's God withholds punishment that we deserve because we deserve hell. We deserve eternal punishment because of our sins, but because of mercy, God says, I'm withholding punishment because of my son being washed in his blood. I'm not going to give you what you deserve. Instead, I'm going to give you this. I'm giving you eternal life with us in heaven. Grace. Uh, I heard an acron- uh, acronym that somebody made God's redemption at Christ's expense. Grace is God's unmerited favor. We cannot earn, and that's what Paul's been trying to tell these Jews in, in verses one through uh, chapters one through four. So you cannot earn salvation. We cannot earn what we are receiving from God. It's an undeserved privilege. God just gives it. Just like our kids, they don't, you know, a lot they they, they don't deserve the, the, a lot of the things that we give them. Yes, they do chores. Yes, they do things around the house or whatever. They're, you know, as we say about all our kids, they're good kids. They're just good kids. 
And so we, we bless our children. We give them stuff that they don't, they didn't do anything to deserve it. We just bless our kids. And, and, and it's kind of the same thing with God and salvation. We don't do anything to deserve it. It doesn't matter if we baptize a, a million people. There's still millions and billions in the world that need Jesus. And so we can't do enough works to earn a, a right relationship with God. We cannot do enough works to earn our way into heaven. It's an undeserved privilege that we don't deserve. But through God's grace and His mercy, He gives it to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. And Paul says that we're going to be sharing in God's glory someday. And that, this, and that hope and that promise, it should give us confidence and it should bring joy to our lives. And we don't deserve any of it. It's a great privilege. And the reason we have it is all because of Jesus. And that's why Paul says Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Not future tense. Yes, we're going to be in heaven for eternity in the future. But Paul says this is an undeserved privilege where we now stand. Not works, not the law, not animal sacrifices, not circumcision, but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has brought us here where we now stand in good graces with God because of his blood that he shed. We are now in right standing with God if we're walking in Christ, being washed by his blood. If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we have accepted the sacrifice he made for us on the cross, then we are already partakers of God's glory. We are already standing in God's promises. We already have this hope. How? Well, Paul says it beginning in verse 2. He says, and it's going back to what he was trying to tell the Jews with Abraham, because of our faith. Because of our faith, putting our trust in Jesus and not anything that we have done or anything that we might do later on. But because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And you say, this sounds great, Randy, but look what I'm going through. I want to be confident. I want to be joyful, but I can't. This, this thing that I'm dealing with in my life right now is taking all that away from me. It's taking all my joy. I don't have any more confidence. I can't even lift up my head. I'm so frustrated. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm feeling down. I'm, de I'm depressed. Well, listen to what Paul says in verses 3 through 5 as we end today's podcast. And we'll flesh more of this out in the next podcast. But here's what Paul says. Listen to this. If you're tired... And weary, I get it. I understand it. Life's hard. It'll beat you down, beat you up. Paul says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And Paul knows exactly what he's talking about because this man was beaten and, and flogged and went through all this stuff uh, as, as he was on his missionary journeys. And he says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. 
So Paul says problems and trials, hey, they're going to happen. They are a part of life. Can't do anything about it. They're coming. This man knows exactly what he's talking about, for he has endured being chased from city to city by people trying to kill him. He's been beaten with rods. He's been flogged. He's been stoned. He's uh, been in prison uh, for the gospel, for preaching the gospel, for preaching about Jesus. And yet he carries on anyway because he knows what lies ahead when he takes his last breath and passes into eternity. He knows that he's going to be with his Savior, Jesus, for all eternity. These problems, now think about this, these problems and these trials that come into our life, though they're hard and overwhelming at times, they're temporary. They're temporary. Don't give up on something eternal for something temporary. And here's the thing. Paul says that these storms, these trials that come into our lives, they can be used to strengthen our faith. Not weaken our faith, but strengthen our faith because they help us to develop endurance. And when you develop something, that means you don't have it yet. And you're working on it, and you're going to gain it. You're going to achieve it like muscles. I mean, you don't just wake up one day and you've got big old muscles. You have to endure a lot of training. You have to go lift weights. You you have to eat a, a, a special diet. You you have to eat a lot of protein. You got to eat less carbs and and you know you 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 got to run and and, and you got to work out. You got to lift weights. You got to tear down muscles in order that they can build back stronger. You are developing muscles as you do these things, and people begin to take notice. Your literally your body your body physically changes, and you got the guns you know to show it off. You got the tone dabs, you got the six pack, you got the sculpted legs. Why? Because you put in the work and you developed these muscles. These muscles didn't just appear; they they didn't just happen. It takes a lot of work and a lot of discipline to develop muscles. And Paul says this is exactly what storms will do they will help us to develop and endure our faith the storms that we face in this life the trials we face in this life they help us develop endurance you know those saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right and this is correct because storms come and go they pass and they go we go through these trials and these hard times in life and they're going to teach us lessons. They develop our character. They shape us. They mold us into who we are to this very day. And as we endure, right, as we endure and we keep going, we keep moving forward, we take one step in front of the other, as we endure and we strengthen our character and we develop and we strengthen uh who we are and we gain this confidence and we develop uh, this endurance then our faith just continues to grow stronger and this hope that we have of salvation becomes more real and more real and if you want to understand this concept go talk to somebody who's older than you and who has lived life and not only lived life but they had a hard life and yet this hard life that they have been through they have endured that hard life they have come out stronger and they have a ton of confidence and just let them tell you their story and just listen to what they say 
and you're going to understand exactly what Paul is saying here because Paul himself has been there, he's done that, and he's got the t-shirt. This hope that Paul is referring to is not an idea of hope that you and I think of hope. Like, you know, I'm about to go to the skate park uh, with my stepsons. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, well, I hope we get to go to the skate park. No, I know we're going to the skate park here in just a little while. And so, guess what? I'm going to be going to the skate park. Paul is saying, this hope is a, it, it's a confidence. This confidence comes because of what Jesus has already done for us. It's a guaranteed, or it's guaranteed through faith in Jesus. We are already standing, Paul says, in these promises. So he's not saying, I hope I make it in. I, there, I, I used to go to a church with this old man, and that's why he, he would say, well, we just hope we get into heaven. No, it's not a hope-so salvation. It's a no-so salvation, and John makes that clear. Uh, in in his three letters, First John, Second John, and Third John, but we are already in, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what Jesus did for us, and we have put our faith and our trust in Him. This hope that Paul is referring to is a confident trust that God is going to do what He said He would do, and that we will share in His glory someday when we take our last breath. And we go into eternity because we're washed in the blood of his son, Jesus. And that's why Paul says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. As we end today's podcast, let me share this with you. Remember what Paul said about the Jews as well as everybody else? He said, they've got to have changed hearts. We have to have changed hearts. And he said that change only comes from having the Spirit of God. God has literally done everything for us so that we can be saved and spend eternity with Him in heaven. All we have to do, you and I, whether Gentiles or Jews, all we have to do is have faith in His Son, Jesus, and it's ours. All we got to do is put our faith and our trust in what Jesus did on the cross and he come out of that tomb victorious on the third day. And through Jesus, Paul says that we can have peace from God. We can have confidence from God. We can have joy from God because we're already standing in the promises of God and that hope that we have of salvation will happen when we take our last breath on this earth and take our first breath into eternity. Why? Because we belong to Christ. We know that we have the victory through the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. Do you have that victory today? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you filled with God's Holy Spirit? If not, contact me. Let me answer any questions that you might have about Jesus, about the church, about the Word, anything. If I can help you in any way, contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text me at the phone number that is provided at the end of the podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grounded Podcast with a friend. 
God bless you and remember, keep grinding.